Welcome to We Found Another Hour, a podcast and ministry of Grace Baptist Church, Springfield, Tennessee. Listen now as we join our host, Dr. Steve Freeman, and his guests as they give biblical insight into your toughest theological questions as we explore the Bible together. Well, we'd like to welcome you to another episode of We Found Another Hour, our podcast. And of course, I always tell you where that name comes from. It's from the fact that there's just not enough time in the pulpit. Uh, You guys are are all preachers. Would you agree with that? It's just not enough time to get out everything that God wants us to do or say. Uh, Certainly not everything that we have on our pieces of paper. So uh, my my favorite saying, Brother David, in the pulpit is, I wish I had another hour on that. So we found another hour, and that's what we're doing here. I'm thankful for our studio our studio staff, our studio guests. We have Brother Caleb with us, as always, our associate pastor with Brother Mike, our student pastor, Brother Derek O'Quinn, who joined our staff last month and joined our studio last week. And uh, we're grateful for Brother Derek O'Quinn, our missions pastor, and uh, Dr. David Level, as I introduced last week, the legend, Dr. (laughs) David Level. And uh, we're grateful that uh, 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 you're here, Brother David. We're grateful for the opportunity we have just to expound on the Word of God. We're answering questions from the Bible, and we're expounding on uh, God's Word. And as we're exploring the Bible, we're just unfolding the, the answers to questions that you have as our listening audience, as our church rolls through the Read the Bible uh, plan. And we on Wednesday night, we're teaching a class, and then we're following up with our podcast to answer these questions. And I'm having a great time. Are y'all having a great time in terms of exploring the Bible and unfolding? Because I'm telling you, I am challenged. Brother Mm -hmm. David, you and I are teaching Mm -hmm. together on Wednesday night. We're answering the same questions and studying together. And that's, I I mean, studying with you is like, I've had enemas that uh, felt better. (laughs) But with that... Mm. <laughs> Boy, there ain't nothing like talking about an enema first thing in the morning. Well, I mean, last, last time we helped Brother Derek about sex, and obviously something turned out well because he's got a baby due. And I finally days. figured it out. <laughs> Evidently, <laughs> that's good. Uh, let's talk about that, Brother David. I'll come back to you in just a minute. But let's, but let's just move on, Brother Derek. Right. Uh, tell us about tell us about that man. You're on a journey. Here in about two more weeks, you're gonna have baby number two. Oh yeah, and uh, that's scary. Like I don't, I'm struggling to handle one. I don't know how we're gonna do two, but it's it's gonna be interesting. That's for sure. You know, it'll be a miracle. I remember when when I had my second one, little Remy, Rim Dog is what we call her, <laughs> and everybody said, "Oh, it's gonna be twice as hard," and that's a lie. It's not twice as hard. It's at least three times as hard. Because when you got one kid. You know, somebody can be on kid duty and the other person can be productive. But when you got two kids, there's nobody being productive. I mean, somebody's with a kid at all times. But, man, you'll figure it out. God is good and he is merciful. If you can figure out how to make them, you can figure out how to raise them. (laughs) So uh, let let Brother David and I give you all a little insight to that. And for you young guys who got young kids, um, Here's the word for the day. You ready? Mm-hmm. It doesn't get any easier. Yeah, that's encouraging. <laughs> I've got, I love that. I've got grown kids. And, uh, they're wonderful. And uh, they're wild as a deer, just like their mama. What about cheaper? Does it ever get cheaper? Ah, no. Yeah. yeah, I can't wait. 
So here, Ruben here's the deal. 16. The, the first year, you're saying, I just can't wait till they walk because my kid's going to be smarter than the, their friend. Mm, their and kid. they're not. Yeah. And then you're just like, <laughs> it's all this ego stuff. And then your kid starts walking, and then you go, Lord, what was I praying for? I can't keep up with this kid. Yeah. Because you just look up, and they're gone. And you got to go run them down. Mm-hmm. And Rowan's favorite toy is a knife. Like, he's really good at finding them. And he'll bring them to you and say, look what I found. Yeah, and then wait till you put them in a car for the first time they drive off. Well, you talk about prayer. You want to you want to talk about knives? You know, wait till they take it to school to show their kindergarten teacher for show and tell. (laughs) I mean, that's I've got a million stories, Um, but it's good. We all we love our kids. We know uh, our kids are special. We know that our kids are better than all, all the other kids. I mean, it's just how we roll. You know, as parents. Um, have y'all ever noticed, uh, the biases, especially, brother David, are you a grandparent yet? No, sir. But I do have I mean, a married you look, daughter. Well, mm. yeah, I mean, but you look like a grandparent. <laughs> yeah, but I look contemporary. Like a healthy the grandparent. cool grandparent. Yeah, like a cool <laughs> grandparent. I'm a cool grandparent in training. That, I, okay. I mean, that's where my thought pattern went, uh, about coolness. Okay, that that really is. I understand it. I mean, I I get that. I mean, sometimes you can't help. Will you make him call you Dr. Granddaddy? (laughs) (laughs) Just call me G-Daddy. G-Daddy. Shoot, I still make my kids, you know, because I I went over there and earned that doctor degree I got uh, over at your school, you know, your daddy's school, New Orleans Baptist Theological (laughs) Seminary. It only took me 15 years to get it. You know, it takes some folks longer than others. So, you know, when I graduated, I made my kids call me Dr. Dad. Oh, <laughs> I'm sure that's what Miss Leanne still calls you. Yeah, I bet. No, Miss Leanne has a lot of names for me, but none of them are doctor. Okay, so and some of them I can't share on the air because uh, we're, we're pastors. Mm. So uh, no, just kidding. She's wonderful. Listen, guys, we got a great question, uh, and I want us to dive into it. Uh, it, it. It's a it, it's an astonishing question, really, when you think about it. And what I'm enjoying, I think, the most of our read the Bible and, and this format of asking questions and answering is the questions that people come up with. I mean, they're really reading the Bible, yeah, and and not just reading it. I mean, they're I, I think they're trying to harvest questions that we can't answer. And the reality is, they don't know how dumb we are. So I mean, we're I mean, <laughs> we're to find out. Yeah, but we're having to really study for these things. So I I appreciate the challenge. And uh, I'm thankful. So don't forget, hey, send your questions in and uh, listen to the intro and outro. It'll tell you how uh, you can do that. And these questions are for anybody who's listening. As you're reading the Bible and you got a question, send it in and uh, we'll get to it uh, eventually. But today's question really comes out of Genesis chapter 8. This is post flood. Uh, Noah and his family are on the other side of the flood. And here's the question. In our new year of reading, we observe that in Genesis chapter 5, verse 29, Noah is prophesied to bring comfort to their labor because of the curses on the ground. Then in Genesis 8, 21, God states that I will not again curse the ground anymore for man's sake. So the question becomes, is this to imply that the curse was removed or restricted? And he's talking about the curse, the the listener's talking about the curse uh, from the fall of mankind, okay? Because that was one of the results of mankind's fall, Adam and Eve's 
uh, disobedience, that the ground would be cursed. And I'm sure we'll talk about that. But the question again, is this to imply that the curse was removed or restricted and farming just became much easier? And then they went on to uh, talk about how they've enjoyed the podcast and appreciate our effort in answering questions. So there's the question at hand, guys. Uh, it's good. Brother Caleb, why don't you read that passage of Scripture, and then we'll take a break, and then we're going to come back uh, and discuss the meat of this question and answer. In Genesis 8. Yeah, Genesis eight twenty one. It says, When the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma, he said to himself, I will never again curse the ground because of human beings, even though the inclination of the human heart is evil from youth onward. And I will never again strike down every living thing as I have done. All right. Well, let's take a break. And then when we come back, y'all ready to dive into this question? It's a good question. It's a great question. I'm I'm thankful for the insight, even in the questions. And uh, I look forward to Brother David answering it for us. Uh, we'll just let him have the floor when we come back. How's that sound? That sounds All right. amazing. Let's take a break. Hey, listening audience. Thank you for tuning in to We Found Another Hour podcast. I want to take this opportunity to tell you about a great Christian education for your children. As uh, many of you are aware, at Grace Baptist Church, we began a ministry, a Christian private school uh, called Grace Baptist Academy. I'd love to invite you to check out uh, some more information about Grace Baptist Academy, especially as we walk through these unparalleled and unprecedented times of the year 2020. But as we uh, move toward 2021, we would love to have your pre-K-3 K-4, or kindergarten student to be a part of Grace Baptist Academy. If you'd like more information about that, please go to our website at www.gbcspringfield.org and uh, just follow the tab to Grace Baptist Academy. Enrollment is so easy. And uh, I'll go ahead and tell you that uh, tuition is uh, very, very reasonable. And it is, again, a great ministry uh, to lay a great foundation for a great future for your student. Again, Grace Baptist Academy, www.gbcspringfield.org. And we're back. We have a great question from Genesis chapter 8, verse 21 in regards to uh, what God's conversation was with Noah post the flood. Um, He was excited or or he was uh, accepting of Noah's sacrifice. And there he uh, uttered some great phrases that, that we're going to unpack a, a little bit. Obviously, he was pleased with Noah pre-flood because Noah and his family were all the only human beings uh, that got on the ark. And they were spared in God's redemption. Uh, they were saved, if you will. That's going to be good terminology here in just a few moments. But they were, they were spared. They were saved. God redeemed humanity through Noah. Uh, his three sons, Noah, his wife, his three sons, and their wives, and they got uh, through um, the catastrophic devastation of God wiping out everything that he had made except for what was on the ark. So from there, Brother Caleb, what are your thoughts on this question about God not cursing the ground? Here's, here's did, did farming get easier? Is that what that meant, that he was no longer going to curse the ground? Uh, what what what? What is the Lord talking about? Well, let me say that I think it it could possibly mean that, but I don't think that's what it does mean. So it, it could be that uh, God... That's the greatest 
political uh, answer. Well, we just I got mean, out of election season. What, so. we, what we ought to do, if we put you on a platform for an office, running for an office somewhere, you can just get up there and say, well, I think it, it could be yes and no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be it could be yes or no. Yeah, it makes but, everybody happy. It does. But I, I do have, I do lean one way, and and I lean to the way that uh, he did not reverse the curse. Uh, now, one one of the things that I think is important to help us understand the story of Noah is that the big the big picture story in the Bible is that God created everything good, it went bad, but eventually he's gonna he's gonna bring a new creation, a new heaven, a new earth, and he gives us little pictures of that throughout the way. And one of these pictures is the story of Noah. He, in a way, starts over with a, a, a picture of a new creation in a sense. And so I think what he's saying here is that in this new creation post-flood, uh, where he, he, he starts over with one man and his family, that he's not going to put another curse on top of what he's already done. And he's going he's gonna to give people, in a sense, a second chance. And obviously we know that uh, we blow it again. But mm-hmm. I, th- I think that, that is, uh, that's what uh, the author here is talking about. So you think he's saying, I'm not going to do what I just did again. Yeah. Okay. I, yes, okay. essentially. Yeah, and that's kind of where I lean too. I mean, it says, I will never again curse the ground. And so that to me implies, right, it's not that he's going to change it. He's not going to do anything like that. It's just it's staying the same. He's not going to add another, like you said, another curse on top of it. Um, He's just simply, we got the second item and we're just going. We're just going to keep going that way. I think you got to take 821 and then you cross-reference it with 911. 911 says, I established my covenant with you and all the flesh shall never again be cut off by the water of the flood. Neither shall there be again a flood to destroy the earth. So I think we're getting a picture in 21, 821, and it's further explained in 911. Well, as, as we think about this as a whole, Brother Caleb, you made a great point as we go back to the beginning and how God created everything, okay? Um, and I think that you got to couple that with with how he made you know, not not only what he made, but specifically with mankind how he built us. Um, we're, we're talking about agriculture, and we are we are built uh, aggregate. Is that a word? I don't know if that's a word, brother David. I, I mean, you're the word. you're the wordsmith. So is I just, that is a word. <laughs> okay, all right. So we but we were. You know, this is this is our roots. And when God put Adam, uh, and, and remember, he, cre- he created us uh, out of Adam from the dust of the earth and then uh, Eve from him. And the Bible says that he placed them in the garden. To work it. I, I, I don't know where he created them, but it wasn't in the garden. We get in our mind that that's where everything happened, but it wasn't. He placed them in a the garden. A garden that God had had created, a, a garden that God had planted, and this this was Adam's job to provide for his family, to provide for Eve and then future offspring in, in a pre-fallen world. So everything was perfect, everything was good, and mankind when it was created, very good. So we have all of that. It's a perfect world. And God had created everything to 
for Adam, all Adam had to do was to go and gather. Now, he still had the responsibility to work. Uh, this, this is one of the, I don't have time to preach that. I wish we had another hour. Mm. We should do a podcast. Part two. <laughs> so, but we can talk about that. But he's created mankind to work. So he put Adam in the garden to cultivate it and to keep it. Basically, in Genesis 2.20, he says, all of these trees, I've provided everything. All you have to do is go take your responsibilities to go and gather. And it was a perfect world. After the fall and the cursing of the ground, God says, okay, uh, I'm not doing this for you anymore. Part of my punishment for you and your disobedience to me is uh, the blessing that I provided for you. Now, I'm going to provide all the materials. you got to go put them all together. And by the sweat of your brow, and not only that, you see this perfect ground. I mean, don't you know it looked like a golf course? I mean, don't you know it just it just it it, it had to be that that perfect with manicure. fruit trees in it with fruit trees in it because they can't eat grass off a golf course. It looked like Augusta National. Yeah, I mean, it, yes. it was food trees just. I mean, everywhere. it was just awesome. So, but from this point on, it's not gonna look like that. God's going to make it more difficult, thorns and thistles. So we learn all of this, and that was the curse. And and the question is, did he reverse that curse? Brother Caleb, Brother Derek, y'all make a good point about uh, what what this means in terms of adding to the curse or, or all of that. So we explored, I think that we got to go back to the original language to validate the, the, the question and answer. God makes some profound statements. Obviously, he was pleased with Noah. He was pleased with the sacrifice that, that took place after the flood. And God said to him, I will never again curse the ground because of human beings, even though everything about their heart <laughs> is evil. And it starts from the beginning onward. And that's Freeman translation, by the way. And I'll never strike down every living thing as I've done. So what does it mean? Does it mean that now when we start over post-flood, everything goes back to the way it was? There's no more curse on the ground. There's, you know, it's going to be easier. And probably think about this and then we're going to take a break. What do you think Noah's mindset was? What do you think Noah's mindset was coming off the boat? Do you He's probably thinking, oh, okay, good, because I'm the only one left. My family's the only one left. I'm glad you're not going to kill every living thing again. Because it's just me and these animals that I've been in an ark with. And so. we know my son had <laughs> Right. That. So thank you. <laughs> He's probably thankful. So Noah w- would have been vastly familiar with uh, the experience that Adam had because Noah's dad and Adam were alive at the same time. That's so crazy to think. <laughs> so, I mean, in that, he would have been vastly familiar with how everything was in the beginning. Don't you know that Adam and Eve told stories, um, you know, probably disheartened stories, but they would talk about the, the good old days. Don't you know that Adam and Eve had conversations about the good old days? So in that, and I'm sure those, as they were then, those traditions, those stories were passed down. So Noah, when he stepped off the ark, after everything had been cleansed, I mean, it was cleansed, a deep cleaning. Now, that's a deep clean. 
The Bible tells us that the water, the flood waters were over 28,000 feet deep. Hmm. This is a deep cleansing. And he probably thought, think about this for a second. He probably, could it be that he thought that when he and his family got off the ark, that everything was going back to the way that Uncle Adam had it and Aunt Eve in the garden, that God was going to start over from the beginning. And maybe God's answering the question that he didn't ask. Let's take a break and unpack that a little bit. You're listening to We Found Another Hour, a podcast and ministry of Grace Baptist Church in Springfield, Tennessee. If you'd like more information about our church or any of its affiliates, please go online to www.gbcspringfield.org or simply write to us via email at podcast at gbcspringfield.org. We'd love to hear from you. Let's continue now listening as our host, Dr. Steve Freeman, and his guests continue to give biblical insight to your toughest theological questions. All right, so we were left with a little cliffhanger. Brother Michael, as we think about that, my mindset goes to, to, to Noah and his mindset, what he thought when he got off the boat. What do, what do you think is going on here? So I want to kind of go back to the original question. Because in Genesis 8... It says that Noah is going to bring relief because of the curse. And the curse that it's talking about is the curse of Adam. You're going to have to work. There's going to be thorns, thistles. You're only going to survive and eat bread by the sweat of your brow. So it has to be something along those lines. But but I think something else is going on other than just God saying, I'm not going to destroy every living thing again because of man's sin. And, and here's why I think that. Look at Genesis chapter 8. Verse 22, he says this, While the earth remains, seed time, harvest, cold, heat, summer, winter, day and night shall not cease. So my mind goes to a couple of things. Number one, we know that when God tells Noah to build the ark, that it had never what before. And he's building a boat, and everybody thinks he's crazy, and they think he's crazy because he's saying that rain is coming, and it's never rained before. Ever. So I think what's going on is not only had it never rained before, I'm kind of thinking this is the point where seasons start, where God is coming along and saying, hey, listen, from this point on, there's going to be something that wasn't like it was before. And it is going to directly tie into the curse that I've played off on Adam as far as harvesting and agriculture. I think God is instituting seasons in this moment, which is a huge deal. I mean, I, I we have no idea how lucky we have it. I mean, we were talking about this this morning. We're only a couple hundred years away from if you didn't have land to farm, you just starved to death unless you knew somebody that did. And it's not like that anymore. We can go to the grocery store and we just take advantage of it. But I mean, this was the way of life for thousands of years and God's changing it. And so my question is, does it get easier with the change? If if he's bringing in seasons, does it make it easier? Well, let, let me first say that uh, the society that you're talking about is aggregate. Aggregate. That is the word of the day. Thank you, Brother David, for getting me straight on <laughs> aggregate. Is that like church combined? It's the total sum. I like that. Good night. I like that. Now, Brother Michael, you bring up a good point, but all right. So if seasons 
did not start in the beginning because we know in the very beginning that God created, uh, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. We have the unfolding of the first mm -hmm. seven days uh, that were literal 24-hour yams, okay, days. They were 24-hour periods, and God established a seven-day work week, six days of work and one day of Sabbath. Uh, I mean, it's obvious that God didn't have to do it in seven days, six days, right? I mean, he could have spoke everything instantaneously, but he gave us exactly uh, the, the really the foundation and the calendar of our life because even before this, we're talking about seasons, but before this, time, I mean, this the very first thing that God created was time in the beginning. Before the beginning, there was no time. We talked about this last mm -hmm. night, the time began in uh, 44, 43 B.C., but I don't have time on the podcast to uh, unpack that. But time began, and then he instituted everything else. So sun, moon, stars, we know that the seasons are governed by you know the universe, mm -hmm. the, the sun and the moon. So as we unpack that a little, uh, your theory, Brother Michael, how, tell us, somebody weigh in on how could that work if you have sun, moon, um, you, you know, the rotation of the earth, all of that was established in the beginning. How did we, how did we not have seasons? Now, of course, God can do whatever he wants, but how does that work? Any well, thoughts? Well, might have but something there, to do you with... got some thoughts? Well, I'm kind of the same way you are. It says, as long as the earth endures. It's not saying that it's this is a start point. He's just kind of, once again, I think it's just like before. It's not that this curse is starting over. It's not that things are going to change. This is how they're going to be, and this is how they're going to continue. It, to me, it's God saying, kind of, maybe kind of like what you're saying is to Noah, things aren't going to change. They're just going to continue the way they are. You're just getting a second chance. But here, here's my question is why if, if it was something as natural as times and seasons and springtime and harvest, why mention it? Right. Like it's, what's the significance? Exactly. I'm, not, I'm not necessarily saying that I, I completely agree with Michael. I, mean, I would have to really think about that. But I'm just saying there's something significant about, about the why detail. he brings it up. Yeah. I think the um, – I, I, I agree with you. I think the seasons were brought in at this point. And I think uh, because previously to the flood, there was no rain. Water right. came up through, through mist and came up from the ground. And God kind of sovereignly uh, allowed the plant kingdom to be the provision for the people. And then now he's moving toward uh, Noah and the ark uh, being the meat eater now, mm -hmm. uh, the sacrifice system. He's talking about uh, bringing in the seasons. Yep. And actually the seasons were an act of grace. Because they're predictable. He was saying, right. you're still going to toil, but you're going to toil within a context that you can predict. So I was thinking about this yesterday because it snowed here yesterday, which is crazy because it never snows. But if this is true, and we know that it's never rained before the, before the flood, that means that Noah and his family were the very first people on the planet to ever see snow, if they saw it, Right. If it's yeah. never rained, then it's never snowed, right? Yeah. Well, pretty here, wild to think about. Here, here's something to think about this. Genesis 1.14 in the creation account says, Then God said, Let there be lights in the expanse of the sky to separate the day from the night. They will serve as signs for seasons and for days and years. Mm. Now, the idea of the signs for seasons, um, you know, I, I've, I've, I've read and I've heard this explained, that this, this idea of seasons could mean appointed times, 
almost like this is how you know when to keep a festival like a monthly cycle like like based on the moon or something yeah like, like they would have you know they would have the different festivals that they had to keep and uh, the the sign <laughs> so profound keep it together guys <laughs> the sign... I knew exactly what he was doing and I wasn't even going to look at it I wasn't even going to look at it cuz I know he's going Mm-hmm. Why do y'all's mind just drift so? It's a, I mean, it's, it's a an environment. It's a warning for, for everyone. I mean, just look up at the sky. If you're wondering what's going on, look to the sky. Look the to the sky. Is there. Look at the moon. That's right. <laughs> so, but uh, but the the, the 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 stars and the, and these could be signs for to show people when it's time to keep these festivals they were supposed mm-hmm. to keep. But that's also tied into the signs and seasons because they were they were festivals that happened uh, after harvest, the first fruits, all these things. So it's interconnected, these two things. Mm-hmm. Well, isn't the significant thing, though, like you're saying this is being mentioned because something is changing. Well, the whole world just flooded. Everything has now changed. And so God establishing what's going to be consistent would be, uh, to me, would be normal, would make sense. Well, so let me give you my thoughts. I, I, I know y'all didn't ask me, but I, I think all of this is great discussion. Now, Brother Michael, I, I've come to the conclusion that seasons were established in the beginning. One from Genesis 1.14, and just the fact that God built everything and then put people in it. So we have to understand that the entire uh, spoken creation was built for human for the human race. So everything God established it so that mankind it would be conducive, a place for God and mankind to 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 hang out and fellowship, and it would be conducive to sustain life. So I believe in the beginning. Now there were some aspects of that. Again, very first it was perfect. Adam and Eve messed that up. So there were some things that changed about it. Later on, uh, the the corruption of mankind changed some things about it. It hadn't rained. Now it's going to rain. So so things, uh, if you want to call them seasons, there were seasons of things that, that took place that changed and ultimately uh, caused to change what God had established perfectly in the beginning. But when you read this passage, and again, God says, I will not again curse the ground anymore for man's sake. And that word is yasaf in the uh, Hebrew, and it, it it's a it, this won't mean much, but it's going to impress Brother David. He's going to know that I really went to Hebrew class. But it's a hifil, uh, imperfect first person common plural verb, which really means, uh, and, and the 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 translation of that is to cause to add. That's what a hifil is to cause. And basically, God is saying we, because he's really established in the Trinity, we um, translate it I, but it's a, it's a common plural verb. So he's saying we will not cause an addition to the original curse that I placed. So even in the original language, it takes us back to help us, even from the beginning of the discussion, when you guys said that that he was telling Noah that he's not going to add any additional hardships. So it's not that things were easier to really answer the question that the listener asked. It's not that farming or agriculture became any easier. 
It's a reminder to Noah when he and his family got off the boat of exactly what things, how things were going to look post-flood and a reminder that he's not changing anything. Um, as, as I was rolling this in my mind and taking Noah uh, in account, but just taking our salvation because Noah was saved, redeemed, if you will, by the Lord, he and his family. Um, and how often will we, when we put that from a personal standpoint, we had the privilege of baptizing some folks on Sunday. It was great. Okay. And sometimes, just, just walk through this, and this is where I get the mindset that Noah may have needed a reminder and God answered a question that he didn't ask. Because oftentimes when we make a spiritual decision, when somebody accepts Jesus Christ, they know that God is offering something that they can't do for themselves and they know that he's offering a, a different way of life, right? Isn't that what John 10, 10 says? I've come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Yep. Now that doesn't mean Mercedes in the garage. Now, that's what Brother David preaches to his congregation. But here, over here, we, we, we know that name it, claim it, lab it, grab it, you know, uh, it, it's just not theologically correct. It's a boat in the carport here. Praise the Lord. <laughs> that's, that's what we're talking about. But an abundant life means a life of fulfillment and joy. It doesn't mean stuff, material stuff. We in America, we're so stuff-driven. We think that that's the blessing of God. Or really, I'll be honest with you, the stuff is a curse from the enemy. But he offers us an abundant life. Sometimes in our mind, that equates to our mindset being an easy life. But God never promised us an easy life. He never said this thing's going to be a bed of roses. And perhaps when Noah, much like somebody who makes a spiritual decision, think about those folks who were baptized. The freshness of their newfound relationship with Christ, the freshness of the forgiveness that they experienced, perhaps they thought, once I make it through this water, once I profess and, and, and nail down and tell people that I'm a Christ follower, my life, everything's going to be so much easier. Everything, everything's better. But sometimes the misnomer is everything's going to be so much easier. Perhaps once Noah made it through the water and the spiritual decision that he made to lead he and his family to follow God, perhaps when they got on the other side of that decision, maybe he was under the misnomer that now things are going to be so much better so much different than they were. They were obviously better, but God was reminding them, I'm not changing anything that happened in the beginning. We're not starting over from the beginning. We're starting over from the beginning of the fall. And I'm not going to add any more curses, but I'm taking things back the way they were, uh, the, the, the way they were when mankind fell. So the ground will be cursed. I'm just not going to add any more curses. And here's some things. Uh, some other things I'm going to do. I'm not going to wipe out mankind again because he loves us. And I'm grateful for Noah and his righteousness, but he loves us. So he said, I'm not going to do that. There's some things I, I'm not going to do, but he takes Noah back to the mindset that nothing uh, is changing. You're going to have to get out here and you're going to have to work for a living. We know as soon as Noah got off the boat, 
Uh, he planted a vineyard and uh, unfortunately got drunk from his proceeds. But and, and lots of things unfolded from there. But again, Noah got off the boat and went to work. And I think this is a, a reminder. I don't think anything got any easier, but it didn't get any harder. And it was going to stay the same. So that's my synopsis of that. Would y'all have any parting thoughts to add to that? Well, I think one, one thing important to remember is that the, the, the curses, I mean, we come to work every day. I wasn't really asking, but yeah. Caleb, if you had anything to add. I mean, we're getting that ready to close out. So, yeah. I mean, I had to but go ahead. I'm trying to even up our... <laughs> Talk times here. Uh, <laughs> when, uh, <laughs> well, I guess we're going to be here a while. Vocal up here. Now, uh, when we come to work every day, it ought to remind us that we need God because there's a reason why work is tiring. There's a reason why for women having a baby is painful. There's, there's a reason for all these things, and it points us to our need for God. So this is just another uh, story of how uh, we ought to remember even even when God wipes out all the evil except for just a few people, we ought to remember that, hey, those few people still need God, and we still do today, too. Boy, that's a great parting thought. Thank you for doubling down yeah. on the Do you have anything thought. you want to, any parting thoughts for you, Brother Steve? <laughs> I just want to say, he used a, a big word. He used misnomer. Uh. So in our next podcast, we'll define that and mm. uh, try to get, you know, these big words pastors use to the you know, to us guys. You know what my favorite pastoral word is? Enema. No, no. Oh. second no, favorite. No, my second favorite. No, that's, yeah, now that's my favorite to, to use. Uh, oftentimes I use enema through a pair of blue jeans, mm-hmm. you know, because it's rough to get one through the jeans. Okay, but, uh, <laughs> but my favorite, Brother David, I'm going to close with this. You know, I love to close. I close four or five times every Sunday morning. So my favorite preacher word is historicity. Why don't we just say mm. history? There's not even such thing as historicity. Mm. What is that? It is if you make it up. Well, that's what they teach us in the seminary. If you don't know the word, just say it with confidence. Oh, yeah. You say it with boldness, you know. Great. So as we're reading these Old Testament, all these names, the Hivites and the Jebusites and, and all of this, you just plow mm. through it and everybody in the congregation say, man, I've been pronouncing that wrong. That's like that, <laughs> that's like that book of Job. Oh, yeah. It's a whole book of jobs. It's a job description. All right. Thank you for listening. Listen, if you would like to know more about the saving grace of God and his love for mankind, as we explain through Noah and uh, even through Christ, when he became our redeemer, uh, our propitiation for our sin. That's a good one. Our propitiation for our sins, a substitutionary atonement. We'd love to tell you how you can have a relationship with God and you too can move into that John 10, 10, abundant life in Christ. Listen to the outro. They'll tell you how to get a hold of us. Until next time, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening to We Found Another Hour with your host, Dr. Steve Freeman, a ministry and podcast of Grace Baptist Church of Springfield, Tennessee. If you'd like more information about becoming a follower of Christ, we'd love to have that conversation please contact us at 615-384-3393. For other questions or information regarding Grace Baptist Church or its affiliates, write to us via email, podcast at gbcspringfield.org. And as always, as we explore the Bible together, if you have a theological question that you'd like answered on our podcast, send the question to podcast at gbcspringfield.org. Thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless you.